Welcome, everybody, to the Locked On Lakers podcast. I'm Anthony Irwin. In a bit, I'm going to be joined by you guys as I answer your guys' questions in this rare, what is it going to be, a Wednesday mailbag? Zero alliteration to be pointed to on this one. Uh, I do want to start, though, with a couple thoughts on this Myers-Leonard uh, hate speech situation that we have out there in Miami. I I think the NBA has to come down pretty hard on this one and say that this hate speech, this just at worst ignorance, or at best ignorance, I guess, and at worst legitimately vile point of view, uh, it, it cannot continue. Like, this isn't the first time even over the last, you know, number of months you had Steven Jackson uh, say that Deshaun Jackson was was uh, on the right track in some way, shape, or form. And yes, Steven Jackson was uh, is, is obviously retired, but you had Dwayne Wade kind of echo some of that sentiment as well. And, and for whatever reason, pro sports, anti-Semitism is just kind of put in a different class than other forms of hatred. And we just, we can't overthink this one. We just got to come out and say, no, it's, it's hate speech. It's, uh, it's the kind of thing that we should not tolerate in our, uh, in, in the society that not only that we live in, but we're hoping to continue to build and improve on moving forward. So uh, obviously, for those of you who don't know, Myles, Myers Leonard was was uh, streaming himself playing video games and used uh, a an anti-Semitic slur and attached it in a derogatory fashion uh, to some other curse words. And after the fact says he didn't know what that word was. I'm not going to use the word, obviously. That is uh, for for uh, that is not something that is going to be said on this uh, on this podcast ever. And you know, after you know, it's funny, not funny, but it it was wild to watch this occur the way that it did. Where I think I saw the video about 15 minutes after it aired, and after it aired. Very shortly afterward, there was uh, a video of him answering a phone call and saying that he had to get off that Twitch stream uh, with the quickness. A few hours pass, we get the typical canned apology where he said it doesn't represent himself. He claimed not to know the background of the word and, and, and stuff like that. It was an apology bingo session. And and here we are now, and and the Miami Heat say that he is not going. He is he is to be away from the team indefinitely. And I, for one, hope he doesn't make you know. I I normally uh, am am pretty slow to say that somebody's form of employment should be taken away, or that any one way should not be a <laughs> a, a form of employment any any further. But in this case, I there is no room for Myers Leonard. In the NBA, uh, I, I just think it's not—it's not something that we can tolerate moving forward in this league, and and you know, at, at the very least in this league, we just got to move forward. So, 
I, I, I hope that the, it seems like the Miami Heat have made the right call here so far in suspending him basically indefinitely while the league conducts an investigation uh, into, I'm guessing, his past, right? But you would think that finding this in his past would have been something that the Heat could have done or any of the other teams that have employed him to this point if he had these kind of thoughts to where he went to that word and and with such freedom uh, that that one would have hoped that something like that would have come up in a prior background investigation. But now that they are investigating this actual situation, I just... He was already on his way out of the league anyway, and I and and uh, I'm I'm pretty content with an, an NBA existing without Myers Leonard in it. All right, let's go ahead and dive into the questions. I'll answer one before we throw it a break. So the first one here comes from M Griffith M, and they write, "Hey fellas, daily listener, going for two years now. Thank you very much." Uh, on defense, I've been reminded of just how much better AD makes everyone look on that end of the court. Why doesn't it? Uh, why doesn't he have a DPOY? Feels like he's been the best defender in the league for uh, five years now. I'm going to be completely honest on this one. I think Defensive Player of the Year is the dumbest award that we hand out. That I, I guess it's it's a it's a close race between Defensive Player of the Year and Rookie of the Year for dumbest award that we give out in the NBA and probably across all of the sports. Rookie of the year is stupid because it's like, all right, which player uh, who might be any age is going to have the best singular season and we aren't going to take into account circumstances, right? If you're the top pick overall and you're playing for a crap team, you're going to have a ton more opportunity than... Uh, uh, a younger or a, a an older rookie, say, who is playing for a team that is maybe vying for the playoffs and you're helping your team win. And like, how are we valuing those two seasons against each other in this one snapshot of that of, of either of those players careers? I think it's really dumb. And I, I, I think the uh, NBA would be smart to get rid of the award. That's my hot take on that. Defensive player of the year is pretty close behind rookie of the year's tail for dumbest award because I, I just don't think we understand enough about defense to really judge this thing and hand out awards that really frames career resumes in a lot of cases. In in the case of Anthony Davis, you're right. He does do some things defensively that no other player in the NBA can do. And he makes players look much better defensively than they would without him. And yet, uh, because he's very good at other things, and this is this is me actually answering the question here, it's because Anthony Davis is good at other things, especially offensively, that we just say that, well, he's just a super talented player, and he should be more in the MVP conversation than he should in the defensive player of the year conversation. And and that's that's that. That's where that's going to land. And uh, I, I just think it's really too bad the way that we kind of narrow this down and, and look on at defense at a very shallow level and refuse to really learn anything more about the position uh, as we vote for these things that either get guys paid really well or get them into the Hall of Fame or whatever. I just think it's a, it's a, it's a really dumb process that we do with those two awards, and I would be perfectly happy if the NBA did away with both of them. Uh, 
All right, let's take a quick second here. When we come back, I'm going to continue answering your questions. Quick shout out here before we throw to uh, the, the bills that we have to pay. I am going to be on Locked On Today with Peter Bukowski to talk about the Lakers and where they stand right now as they get ready for the second half of the season, Whether they're go- how much they have to weigh bringing back Anthony Davis and, and vying for top seeding or making sure everybody is healthy so that they can uh, perform in the playoffs. And also, by the way, making sure everybody gets enough games under their belt so that they can have a decent enough rhythm heading into the postseason as well. So that's a fun little short conversation. You can check that out locked on today wherever you find your podcasts. This episode is sponsored by Blue Chew. Blue Chew is making waves and bringing more confidence to the bedroom. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable form and at a fraction of the cost. Blue Chew's tablets combat all forms of ED and can help men gain extra confidence for when it's time to perform. Blue Chew is an online prescription service, so no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, and no waiting in line at the pharmacy, and it ships right to your door in a discreet package. The process is simple. Sign up at bluechew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part? It's all done online. Blue Chew's licensed medical providers work with you to find the right ingredient and strength for your prescription. Don't like swallowing pills? No problems here. Blue Chew's sildenafil and tadalafil tablets are chewable. Uh, They are made here in the USA, and they prepare and ship direct, so it's cheaper than a pharmacy. So if you can benefit from extra confidence when it's time to perform, visit bluechew.com for more details and important safety information. And also, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code LOCKEDON at checkout. Just pay 5 bucks shipping. That's BlueChew.com, promo code LOCKEDON, to receive your first month free. And we thank Blue Chew for sponsoring this podcast. All right, next question here comes from Will the Chill. Uh, Hey, Anthony and Pete, last week you talked about the episode last summer with Star Wars vs. Harry Potter playing basketball. I have been listening for over a year now, and that was my favorite episode. Loved it so much, I created a whole podcast called Substantiate. If you ever want to come on as a guest to do something uh, that you inspired, that would mean a lot. Well, get at me. Uh, Anyways, my question is, what would the Lakers look like if they had a player that was at LeBron's skill but not his locker room presence how good bad would they be thanks Williams well all right so this is interesting because uh it's it's intangible but we also saw last year the impact that somebody who uh understands how important chemistry is can have on on a team's abilities right so for example one thing that I think we learned last year with Kawhi Leonard and Paul George was you had two guys who can be key ingredients to winning at the highest level in basketball, but not necessarily the main ingredient. And like with, with, uh, or, or if it is the main ingredient, there has to be, some 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 fairly prominent 
very good sides, I guess, uh, if you're going to put together this meal that wins you an NBA championship. So like with Kawhi Leonard, for example, had success in San Antonio, but when he went to San Antonio, when he arrived there, the culture, the culture was already kind of built around him. It was Spurs culture. It was Tim Duncan. It was Greg Popovich. It was Manu Ginobili, Tony Parker, and the rest of the way that that organization operated. Uh, and, and yes, he got sick of it because obviously somebody as talented as Kawhi Leonard is going to always think, and in many cases be right in thinking that he is the reason that the team has any kind of sustainable success. So he forces his way to Toronto, and when he gets to Toronto, he is surrounded by a team that, granted, didn't have the same kind of success that San Antonio had, but did have an identifiable culture there in Kyle Lowry, in Mark Gasol, in uh, the way that Masai Ujiri runs things, uh, and and uh, Nick Nurse there as the coach. They had a culture. They had an understanding on, on roles in those things, and Kawhi Leonard could just show up, play basketball, kick ass, and, and, and handle his business that way. And the other thing to take into account here that we don't tend to do very well, historically speaking, is the circumstances under which he won the championship there. Like People consider him this almighty mercenary capable of slaying dragons and giants and things, but, but that Golden State Warriors team that the Raptors beat in the finals, Kevin Durant blew his Achilles, and then Clay Thompson blew out his knee, and... From there, you're going up against basically a worse version of this current Golden State Warriors team. And and yeah, I mean, a championship is a championship, and that ring is always going to matter. But, but when you look at how important a team's best player is and their understanding of chemistry and culture and those things— like it, it, it really freaking matters. It, it's a, it's, it's the foundational element. You always hear about it with great players and the coaches who worked with them. When they say, you know, it's, it's a lot easier to do my job when Michael Jordan is the first one here in the morning and the last one out the door at night, and it's a lot easier to my, to do my job when, when Magic Johnson has a better understanding of the offense than I do, and, and it's a lot easier to do my job when, when. Kobe is is capable of reciting in multiple languages uh, how he and Powell can take advantage of of whichever team that they're playing against. And you saw last year with LeBron and with Anthony Davis, two guys who were completely bought into playing together. You saw two guys who were completely bought into lifting everybody around them and two guys who understood that they were the foundation of this identity, but also needed to extend that identity out to a bunch of guys who hadn't done the kind of winning that, say, LeBron has done over the course of his career. So if LeBron was as talented and was the force of nature that he is currently and isn't quite bought in in terms of chemistry, it would look a lot like we saw with the, that that first year that he was here with the Lakers where he wasn't completely bought in to Lonzo and to Ingram and to the rest of that young core. He 
had an, his eye on Anthony Davis that whole part of the season. And, and yes, when everybody was healthy, they were playing some decent basketball, but it wasn't to the same level you have seen the Lakers compete with a completely and fully engaged LeBron as you have seen over this last couple of years. And I think that's that's really important to identify. And it's something to, to really enjoy because not all superstars are, are necessarily wired that way with every single circumstance that they are in, as evidenced by LeBron, who wasn't completely bought in to the, the, the first circumstance that he was in. And then the circumstance was more tailored to where he is at in his career. And you saw the difference now. Let's go, uh, let's go another one here. Nick Batchelor is writing, Hey, Anthony and Pete, what's going on with Wesley Matthews? Is he helping or hurting the Lakers? Nick Batchelor in Honolulu, Hawaii. For one thing, man, I wish I was in Hawaii. Um, all right, so I would say Wesley Matthews at this stage of his career is hurting the, the Lakers more than he is helping. I still have some hope that his role will be you know, worn down over the course of the year and maybe the Lakers can go out and get somebody else who can further minimize what the Lakers are asking for from Wesley Matthews. Uh, but I, 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 you know, I, it, he's just, we, we see this happen sometimes with guys when they reach that age 34 where, where he's at right now, especially post Achilles. Some ki- sometimes you're the unlucky team that has that player for the final year of their career when that final year of their career takes place after they are necessarily useful NBA players. And I think that's what we're seeing with, with Wesley Matthews right now. That said, last time I said all this stuff about him, he came out and had the best game that he has had so far this year. So maybe hopefully, hopefully that's the case in, in, in this next game that the Lakers play uh, all the way, not till Friday, I believe, or something insane. All right. Let's take a uh, another quick second here. When we come back, I am going to round out with uh, the rest of your guys' questions. March Madness is a few months away, but the future of the NBA is on display right now. Get a head start on next year's draft analysis by subscribing to Chad Ford's NBA Big Board podcast. Draft guru Chad Ford has his first Big Board of the Year out with profiles of Cade Cunningham, Jalen Suggs, Evan Mobley, and more. Subscribe to Chad Ford's NBA Big Board Podcasts wherever you get podcasts. Today's show is brought to you in part by Built Bar. Uh, We've been telling you about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. Built Bar is the amazing, low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, amazing-tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all bars. Now is the time to find out which Built Bar is the best. It's Built Bar Madness. Today's matchups, you have Mocha Love against Birthday Cake, and you have German Chocolate against Salted Caramel. And I got to tell you, Salted Caramel wins the top one for me. That's an easy one. And and who doesn't love a little birthday cake? And the fact that it's a healthy birthday cake? Come on, get out of here. It's almost unfair. So uh, if you have thoughts on that matchup, if you've had those bars in the past, if you want to try any of those bars, head on over to BuiltBar.com. Then use the promo code LOCKEDON20. It's a new promo code. So LOCKEDON20 to get 20% off your next order. That is LOCKEDON20 to get 20% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. And then check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the world's best tasting protein bar. I can't wait. I'm going to eat all of them anyway because research. 
Today's show is also brought to you in part by betonline.ag. Use that promo code LOCKEDON for 50% deposit bonus. Again, that is betonline.ag. And use that promo code LOCKEDON. Today's bet of the day. We actually have basketball back. Thank goodness. Jen and I having to hold conversations. It gets rough sometimes. Washington Wizards at the Memphis Grizzlies. Grizzlies are favored by three points. You have San Antonio at Dallas. Dallas is giving up four and a half points. I think I'm going to take Washington to cover. Uh, I just think Washington was playing really good basketball as they got healthier. And Memphis, I, I, I believe, is still kind of figuring some stuff out. So that's how I'm going to put a couple of my doll hairs tomorrow. Now, uh, whether you want to fade me or follow me, you're going to want to do so at betonline.ag. Again, that is betonline.ag. And then use the promo code Locked On for a 50% deposit bonus. That's just free money that they're handing out uh, that you can turn into even more money, which is the whole point here. So again, betonline.ag, promo code Locked On. Just whatever gambling you do, please do so responsibly. All right, next question here comes from JRD603. Love the show, Pete, and appreciate all of the knowledge you have for the game of basketball. Would love to have you guys bring on Darius sometimes. Uh, you guys know the game so well. So, uh, look, unfortunately, given that this is just kind of how things exist now, uh, the the business of podcasting has, has kind of made some decisions for us in, in terms of who we can and cannot bring on, bring on and who can and cannot go on which shows and stuff like that. I would love to have Darius on the show. I I, I would love to do a crossover episode uh, with any number of hosts, quite frankly, as often as I wanted to. But unfortunately, the business doesn't necessarily allow it like that. And uh, that's just kind of how we exist. Uh, but I will say that, you know, the, the closest thing to any of that is every year, uh, in in Vegas, a lot of us get together. We watch basketball together. Uh, we we just kind of hang out. And if you're capable of getting out there and you run into any of us, we're typically together. And uh, that's where you would hear some version of of uh, <laughs> the podcast everybody would like to hear. It's just it it sucks, but that is just kind of the state of things right now. And and it's always kind of a give and take. Initially, I used to have Darius on the show a lot. I used to have Pete and Darius. I would have Pete and Harrison, and I would have any number of guests whenever I kind of wanted to. But at that time, none of us were making very much money, and, and there wasn't as much business tied into the things that we are doing. So uh, it was more of the Wild West, and as we have been able to provide for our families a little bit better, the give and take of that is that some of those freedoms that we had and that we really enjoyed back in the day uh, don't quite exist the same way anymore. It sucks, but that's just where we're at. Australian Laker writes, Good day, Professor Ir- Professor Irwin. Uh, please may you give out your mid-semester grades regards the Lakers' rotation. P.S. Random question, which best describes you after dropping off Avery for her first day of childcare slash kindergarten? Crying Jordan meme or cigar-smoking Anthony after the Lakers championship <laughs> last year? Oof. I think the first day is going to be kind of rough when I when I drop off Avery. The house is going to feel really quiet and, and kind of too big. Uh, so I'll have to find some things to keep me busy. 
as that is going on. Uh, I, I, I would imagine once I have that freedom and I can just kind of get back to working during the day, uh, I'll, I'll enjoy that. But, but yeah, I'll definitely shed a tear or 3000 on the way home from dropping off Avery because she wasn't supposed to grow up as fast as she has. Now, uh, regarding the rotation grades, so I want to do this over the course of maybe a, a full show, but I will give kind of a teaser. LeBron gets an A. Wild, right? That's crazy. Anthony Davis gets an A minus. Oh, maybe a little, maybe closer to a B. Kyle Kuzma gets an B. And that's all I can give away right now. I want to do that. I want to do that with Pete. Uh, we'll probably have a couple extra days here. We have at least one show, I think, before we really get underway for the Lakers. So uh, that'll be the plan for one of those shows is is to hand out some mid-semester grades. I like the concept. Uh, last question here comes from M MTallB010. Uh, love the show. With the Nets trading for Harden, I was already annoyingly convinced that this season was is a wash and they are going to breeze into the finals. But with the Blake Griffin signing, is that just more cemented at this point? Is he still any good? I am terrified and honestly just don't see any point in the NBA season at this point. I'll hang up and listen. Well, I, I think to a certain extent, the regular season has always been incredibly devalued. And I think it really sucks that it exists that way. Not just because of the predetermination that can kind of exist given the way that rosters have come together and that stuff, but also because of how NBA players approach this. I, I don't know when this happened, but over the course of my lifetime, like when I was younger, I can remember guys saying, yeah, I have this game circled and maybe after the game, depending on how the game went, you know, if a team lost, it would say, oh, it's just another game or whatever like that. But, but for whatever reason, over the course of my lifetime, even before these games happen, not only are they saying that Team X versus Team Y is just another of the 82 that they have to play, it used to be like, it, it was funny, the transition was teams just came out and said, like the Lakers would just come out and say, I don't like the Kings. I They would fight in the preseason. And, and that was just how that mini rivalry went down. And then the next kind of phase in that transition or in that in the evolution here of the approach to regular season games was, well, yeah, we have those games circled and we don't particularly like each other. And then the game is played. And then after the game, the losing team would say, oh, well, it just we honestly it's just another game. You know, we just kind of move on. And, you know, you knew that they were kind of lying. And then. And then the next phase after that was heading into those games, they would say, oh, it's just another game. Uh, you know, you started to see fewer questions asked about future games because they started giving that kind of stock answer. But every so often, uh, a, a question would be asked about a certain matchup, and you knew that the, the player was lying, right? And then now we kind of live in this weird spot where, one, questions aren't asked about future games, and if they are asked about future games or future matchups or anything like that, it's, yeah, 
we don't care as much. It's just another one of those games. It's not even a guarantee that everybody's going to play, even if they're healthy. And, oh, by the way, uh, when we get onto the court, unless it's close, you probably won't see much of an uptick in, in, in energy just because we have to get through this 82-game season, or in this case, a 72-game season that is played right on the heels of an 82-game actual year-long season. To a certain extent this year, I can I totally get it. Everybody's exhausted. Getting up for a game means you're going to be that much more tired for the next one potentially, and and you just got to get through the season, and when those matchups actually do matter, that's when you'll really you know put a little extra into a particular series given whatever matchup it is and the circumstances under which that series is played. I still, however, really do miss... And maybe I'm looking at this through the rose-colored glasses that accompany childhood, but man, do I miss some of those early rivalry games between teams that just you knew didn't like each other. I it was it was fun back then, uh, even even if it was a facade that I bought into because I was young and naive or whatever. But but I I miss some of that stuff. I think the NBA is kind of missing it. And and by the way, I think pro sports in general, especially in baseball and, and, and basketball in these longer seasons, they're, they, they're really missing it. Uh, now, <laughs> I forgot what the actual question was. What does Blake Griffin do for the Nets' chances? I, offensively, it makes them really, really good. He's another spot-up shooter. Uh, and, you know, when you're looking at a lineup of potentially Kyrie, Harden, uh, Durant, Griffin and Harris, if they really want to go full bore on offense, like I just don't know how you guard everybody there unless you just say, well, it's a bunch of one-on-one games on the perimeter and you hope that everybody can keep everybody in front. So offensively, I think it's a really daunting team, but defensively, I have some real questions. Blake Griffin hasn't been very good defensively in a really long time. There's the whole you know, I, I I like to laugh at the stat because it's such an insane, insane stat given what he used to be able to do athletically. But Blake Griffin not having dunked since 2019 is freaking insane. And I think part of that is that he's been in such a sad circumstance in, in Detroit that he's just like, well, whatever, and and not really extend himself athletically. But the other thing, too, is that you, you do see some slippage in, in players and you know, I don't. I, I think to a certain extent he could have been sandbagging out there in Detroit because the circumstances were so sad and depressing that he just said, "No, I, no, I exist in the same city as the Detroit Lions, and as such, I will play like the Detroit Lions on a basketball court." Uh, and and if that is just kind of who he is athletically, and he and his sandbagging was was. Uh, actual what he actually what he's capable of then yeah I I just don't think he has much to offer especially in a in a series like he's going to be guarding Anthony Davis if he's playing the small ball five he's going to be guarding LeBron James if he's playing the four next to DeAndre Jordan who is apparently going to be guarding Anthony Davis and DeAndre Jordan is washed I think at this point too so like I I I think Brooklyn is is daunting as hell because Kevin Durant is has made a legitimate claim for himself to be the best basketball player on the face of the planet right now. 
And if he's healthy, if all of them are healthy, that's a really tough team to try to, to, to not allow to score baskets whenever they want. They also, however, are going to have a really difficult time stopping the Lakers from scoring. And, uh, that is going to be what that wears. Like I, I, I'll put it this way. I would, I would bet on the Lakers in that series. I'd like to see what odds that are given, uh, heading into it, but I would bet on the Lakers to win that series. All right. That's going to do it for this episode of the Locked on Lakers podcast. Uh, thank you very much for all of the questions. Again, if you guys have any questions, get them in in the form of a five-star review on iTunes, and I will answer them uh, every time, every uh, every week, basically, even if it's out of order over the course of the, of the week. If you guys want to check out yesterday's episode, which I would if I were you guys, uh, Chris Banning of Locked on Cavs hopped on, and we talked with Drummond whether he's going to be available, whether he makes sense for the Lakers, and where he goes, basically, from this point on in his career. Uh, so that was a really fun episode. And then and then in tomorrow's episode, I'll bring on uh, a guest that I think you guys are really going to enjoy to hear from. Uh, until then, have a great rest of your day. Make somebody else's. Uh,